this morning I want you to open your Bible to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. And we're going to study some on the spirit of faith and the different facets of the spirit of faith. So if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. And the Apostle Paul is talking here and he says, we having the same spirit of faith. So I know you're using the NKJV, but if you have the KJV, I would appreciate you using that uh, because I get some certain terms from the KJV. It's the one the Apostle Paul used. So we're going to use that to start with. <laughs> then we will compare some other translations. All right. Uh, it says, we having the same spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Notice what the Apostle Paul said here, what we have. Notice, I don't think he meant just something I have. He said it's something we have. And I think when you got it, you know you got it. He didn't say we're trying to get it. He said we got it. What do you have, Paul? What is it that you have that makes you durable and not fragile, keeps you going forward and going through adversity? What do you have? Paul said, well, let me tell you what I got. He said, what we have is the same spirit of faith. That's what we have, the same spirit of faith. Now, when he said the same, then you can see why he said the same, because he says, according as it is written. So he's really quoting from the Old Testament. He's quoting from the psalmist David. So he says, we have the same spirit of faith. So he's really saying we have the same thing that David had the same spirit of faith. Where David said, in a time of affliction and adversity, he said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Paul said, we also believe and therefore speak. So you can see the spirit of faith here really has two main ingredients, two main ingredients. Number one, I believe. I am a believer. That's what you're called as a believer. Got any believers in here? Yeah. Well, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. To the one who believes, if you can believe. Can you believe? Yeah, I can believe. He said, well, the spirit of faith has two ingredients. Number one, I believe. And number two, I speak. I speak. So it's not enough to be a believer. You must also be a speaker. In other words, your speaker must be connected to your believer. And Dad Hagen always said, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. In other words, if you get tired of natural results, if you want supernatural results, then do these things. I believe, I believe God, I believe the Word of God, I have faith in God, and I speak. In other words, your speaker connected to your believer. That means these two ingredients are required in the spirit of faith. I believe and I speak. So Paul said we have the same identical spirit of faith. Well, if he's quoting from the psalmist David, how many of you think David had a spirit of faith? Well, he must have. I mean, you can see the things that he did in his life is he killed a lion just with his hands, killed a bear just with his hands, <laughs> and ran at a giant while everybody else was afraid. He ran at a giant, talked trash to him. I say never run at your giant with your mouth shut. But he ran at Goliath and told him what he's going to do to him ahead of time. Come on. Then he knocked him down, cut his head off. Somebody said then he took his head back to the tent and showed people how to get ahead in life. So... <laughs> He killed Goliath, cut off his head. And so he basically, with that spirit of faith, 
Doesn't mean he is more talented than anybody else. Probably plenty of those soldiers there were stronger than David. But it doesn't matter how talented you are if you don't have a spirit of faith. In other words, a spirit of fear can absolutely bind your talents, your education. But with a spirit of faith, God can use your best abilities and then you'll tap into God's ability. Amen. So he says, we have the same spirit of faith. So he said, same thing that David had. He said, we have the same identical spirit of faith. So with that spirit of faith, he said, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We believe and we speak. So if you are silent, then the spirit of faith will not work appropriately. So the spirit of faith requires a voice that you have to speak. Even the devil don't care what you believe if you'll be quiet about it. But your faith, your faith in God, your faith in the blood of Jesus, your faith in the name of Jesus, your faith in the word of God, your faith in the power of God requires believing and speaking. And that opens up the door of the supernatural. He calls that the same identical spirit of faith. Now, I like to use the word same because really the spirit of faith works the same. It actually worked the same in the Old Testament and works the same in the New Testament. And absolutely works the same today. So you don't have to come up with nothing new. You can just say, well, let's see. It worked the same in the Old Testament, worked the same in the New Testament. So it'll work the same here in Australia and it'll work the same in my life. I like the way Smith Wigglesworth said it. He said, any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be fettered. The word fettered is just an old English word for bound. Any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be bound. That means the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. All right, let's try this out over. I said the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. In other words, it could be a physical situation, could be a mental, emotional, a financial situation. But when you have faith in God, mountains are going to move and the scenery is going to change. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So now you see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, the spirit of faith. And when you talk about the spirit of faith, how, how valuable that is. We have eight grandkids. And so after you raise your kids, then you get to raise your grandkids. So you can see how important it is for that grandchild to have confidence. When they get discouraged and lose their confidence, it affects everything about them. So you constantly want them to have confidence in God and faith in God and faith in what God created them to be and faith concerning their future. So the spirit of faith literally is what I call a pioneer spirit. Pioneer spirit. Well, somebody said there's three kinds of people. There's pioneers, settlers, and museum keepers. <laughs> a pioneer is someone who's constantly pressing for new territory. That means when you have a spirit of faith, you believe your best blessings have not happened yet. So you live with great expectation. Something good is on the way. Come on, the next month, the next six months, the next year, something good is on the way. So a pioneer spirit makes you press for new territory. You believe the best songs have not been sung yet. The best houses have not been built yet. Best sermons hadn't been preached yet. Best businesses hadn't been built yet. Come on. In other words, you believe there's constant possibility for new territory. 
That's a spirit of faith. Now, spirit of faith, David had it when he was 17 years old. And Joshua and Caleb had it when they were 80 years old. Hmm. You have to be careful as you get a little bit older that you don't move from a pioneer to becoming a settler. What's a settler? A settler is someone who simply uh, tries to find their comfort zone and settle down. But when it comes to the spirit of faith, your cause must be greater than your comfort. And your purpose must be greater than your pleasure. So the spirit of faith literally has a cause and a sense of purpose that when David ran at Goliath, his own personal safety was not the issue. He said, there is a cause. And he ran at Goliath. Killed him. In other words, spirit of faith lives with a clear sense of purpose. That's why Paul was preaching the gospel places no one had ever been before. And they said, it's dangerous there. You could die there. He said, it doesn't matter. I must go forward. Amen. So with the spirit of faith, you're pressing for new territory. As a settler, you're just kind of looking for a place where you can just settle down, find you a rocking chair, you know, <laughs> sit on the back porch. But when you have a spirit of faith, you just can't live like everybody else in your neighborhood. Let's try that again. I said, when you have a spirit of faith, you can't live like everybody else in your neighborhood. Come on, they're always having a barbecue on the weekend. You say, oh, come on, have a barbecue on the weekend. Well, because you got to go to church, that's why. So, uh, you have a sense of purpose that's greater than just your pleasure. So, as a settler, come on, somebody just looking for their comfort zone. And then someone who is a museum keeper is constantly dusting off the memories of the past. In other words, you don't want to get caught constantly thinking that your best days are behind you. With a spirit of faith, you believe what? Your best days are ahead of you. Hmm, hallelujah. Amen. So Paul said, that's what we have. We have the same spirit of faith, same thing that David had. He said, and we believe and we speak. Now, in my family, in my life, I'm blessed because my grandpa was the first born-again believer, Christian in the family, and he became a preacher, my grandpa later in life. And so faith entered our family primarily through my grandfather. Who knows what would have happened to our family if my grandfather hadn't got saved and received Jesus. I mean, I, we would have been a wreck, a disaster. My grandfather, he was a businessman in the middle of the days of the Depression, and people were very poor. He quit his job when he got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and started preaching in East Texas. Then my dad, he got saved, filled the Holy Spirit when he was eight years old. So you can see the spirit of faith, come on, went from one generation, then it went to my dad. And at eight years old, my dad was saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and knew he was called to preach at eight years old. Spirit of faith at eight years old, right? And then my dad pastored for about 50 years in a little town called West Columbia, Texas, South Texas. It's a little town of 3,000 people in that town, and there's only one traffic light in town. 3,000 people in town, one traffic light. And we always say West Columbia was such a small town. Somebody said they put a mirror at the end of town to make it look bigger. But they said such a small town that the welcome and y'all come back sign was on the same pole. It was such a small town that we had two restaurants and whichever one you ate at, you wish you had eaten at the other one. So they had such a small town, they had one traffic light 
And my daddy would preach and he'd say, you can get anywhere in the world from that traffic light right there. In other words, sometimes your life can be limited by the environment that you're raised in and you start thinking like that. But people with the spirit of faith think different. Come on, talk different. Let's try that again. I said, when you have a spirit of faith, you think different and you talk different. And it actually enlarges your world of possibilities of what God can do and wants to do in your life. So my dad point that traffic light and say, uh, <laughs> you get anywhere in the world from that, that light right there. Well, I have. And when I was just 10 years old, 11 years old, I'd ride a horse around town and deliver papers on my horse in a little town in Texas. So I'm raised in a little old tiny town. But you can see once that faith came into the family, it goes to the children, then it goes to the grandchildren. And Paul told Timothy, it's the most valuable thing you have is the faith that came from your mother and it came from your grandmother is that spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. So he says the spirit of faith We believe and therefore we speak with an attitude. Believing is the attitude of faith. An attitude. How important are attitudes? Well, uh, I heard a story about the guy, you know, that while he was asleep, they put Limburger cheese underneath his nose. Now, if you ever smell Limburger cheese, it really stinks. So while he was asleep, he put Limburger cheese under his nose. He woke up and he said, man, it stinks in here. So he got up and went out into the kitchen. He said, it stinks in here. Went to the living room. He said, it stinks here. He walked out the front door of the house, looked up at the sky, and he went, the whole world stinks. (laughs) So anytime it stinks everywhere you go, let's try this out over here. I said, anytime it stinks everywhere you go, very possibly it's under your nose. (laughs) So the spirit of faith has to change your attitude or your attitude affects the way you see everybody and everything. The spirit of faith radically changes the way you see your world. And the spirit of faith literally propels you to go beyond where you could go naturally when you maintain the spirit of faith. Paul said, we have the same identical spirit of faith. We believe and we speak. Praise the Lord. We believe and we speak. Now, if you look in the, in the New Testament, actually in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the two words by faith are in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, 20 times. 20 times. So, if you just took Hebrews 11, read the whole chapter, you're going to count by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. One, there's one through faith, but fi- by faith, how many times? 20 times. 20 times the Holy Spirit chose to repeat the same phrase. So even if you're a slow learner, you would say, he's trying to tell me something here. (laughs) By faith, 20 times, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, Abraham, by faith, God, by faith, Moses, by faith, Noah. In other words, faith literally changes everything. And if you were to ask God, how in the world am I ever going to change this situation in my life? How am I ever going to fulfill your plan for my life? Then the Spirit of God would say, by faith, 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 by faith. And you're going, oh, I'm going to have to do something about this faith stuff. 
So God is so wonderful that he literally has dealt to every believer a measure of this faith. He says, I'm going to spot you one. I'm going to give you a measure of the God kind of faith. And that measure goes to every believer. And with that measure of faith, you can literally overcome Satan in this world. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. One translation says, this is the only way the world has ever been overcome is by our faith. In other words, no other way can you overcome this world, but your faith in God, your faith in the blood of Jesus, your faith in the word of God literally will whoop this world, overcome anything in this world. So when God's given you a measure of this faith, amen, and then he's given you a means whereby you can get faith. Where's it going to come from? Anybody know where faith comes from? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, the word of God literally is faith food. You feed your faith on the word of God. Amen. <laughs> There's a supply of the word. We know the whole Bible is not about the subject of faith, but the whole Bible has the capacity to produce faith in whatever area you need it. The apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians, he said, I want to see you so I can supply something that is lacking in your faith. He didn't say they didn't have faith. He just said, I want to supply something that's going to strengthen your faith. Amen. When I was in East Africa, just as a teenager, I worked with a missionary, and so he, um, he had me do all kinds of stuff. So I had to preach some, and then I had to build some. So he asked me to build him a, a, a house because he wanted to raise some chickens. So I had to go build this pen for chickens. I'm 17 years old, so I didn't know much about that. So I got, we got some chickens and got them in the pen. Well, they disappeared, you know, the first night. Somebody stole all the chickens or they escaped or something. So then we got to get some more chickens, and then they got out. So then we had to build a little house to put the chickens in so people couldn't steal the chickens and lock them up at night. Well, then we noticed that these chickens were really uh, laying eggs, but they were actually eating their eggs. So we were like, Wow. He got chicken so he could have fresh eggs for breakfast. And so we're going out there to get some eggs. And all the eggs are broken and these chickens are eating their eggs. So <clears throat> I thought this is really not normal chicken behavior. I'm certainly not a chicken expert. But I tried to do counseling with the chickens. You know, I tried to, I tried to explain to them that, you know, you don't have a big bright future if you keep eating your eggs. And then I'm trying to explain to the chickens that this is abnormal behavior. So while I'm trying to lecture them to stop eating their eggs, then, you know, chicken can't look at you with both eyes at the same time. So they just kind of look at you with that eye, and then they sort of look at the other. <laughs> then you thump them in the beak. That didn't seem to help. So we had to go get a chicken expert. So when we got a chicken expert, he said the reason these chickens are eating their eggs is because they have a deficiency in the minerals in their body, and so they're actually eating the egg shells because they know they cannot produce more eggs. So he said, if you will supply that mineral, it will change their behavior. So we changed the diet, and it changed the behavior. So sometimes in church you're seeing people there, and you're like, you know, 
This is not normal behavior. You know, you're actually sabotaging your own future, the way you're acting and the way you're talking. Huh? And we're like, is there something wrong with you? You're like some sort of a weirdo chicken here? I mean, what's wrong with you? Why do you keep eating your eggs? Why do you keep acting this way? Why do you keep doing it this way? But instead, God said, I'm going to supply something that will literally affect your diet. And if you will feed on the Word of God, then faith will come to you and it will change your behavior. In other words, the moment, whoo, how many glad you came to church today? Come on, the moment you come to church, the moment you open your Bible and begin to feed your faith on the Word of God, there's a supply of something that you're not getting naturally, but you're getting it supernaturally from the Word of God. And it will literally change your whole world. That no matter what affects you naturally, a propensity that you may be bent towards a certain direction and you may be headed that direction, but the moment the Word of God comes and you find out the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin and you find out that Jesus died for you and He was raised from the dead and you find out the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin and when you hear that, faith comes. When faith comes, whoo, confidence comes. You said, I believe that. The moment you believe and the moment you speak, it opens the door to the supernatural. That initial confession of faith that Jesus is Lord, that he's your redeemer, that his precious blood cleanses from all sin. Notice, he didn't talk about how you feel yet. Faith always comes first, and then feelings will have to show up later. Amen? So understanding how faith works is not just so you can get healed, but it's so you can fulfill your destiny. Amen? The spirit of faith. Paul said, that's what we have. That's what we have. And people with the spirit of faith sometimes irritate other people because they have such confidence. People say, who do you think you are anyhow? Listen, I believe and I speak, and that gives you such confidence. Amen? Not in yourself, but in who you are in Christ. Amen? Now go to Mark eleven twenty three. Let's go over there and we're going to see how faith works. And we're just going to feed our faith on the Word of God. Faith cometh where? By hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. The Word of God is amazing, isn't it? I said the Word of God is just amazing. I said the Word of God is just amazing. You just open up the Word of God, start looking at it, and start listening to it. Now, when faith comes by hearing, let's go back to Mark chapter 4, verse 24, and let's read this, and then we'll go to Mark eleven twenty-three. 23. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, take heed what you hear, for with the measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. Look at verse 25. And he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him it shall be taken, even that which he hath. Notice what Jesus had to say here. He said, when you hear, faith comes by hearing. He said, take heed how you hear, because to the one who hears, more is given. But to the one who can't hear, it'll be taken away even that which he has. In other words, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing, and Jesus said, be careful how you hear. What does the Amplified Bible say? The Amplified Bible says, the measure of thought and study you give to the things you hear will determine its effect upon you. In other words, your receiving is connected to your hearing. 
If, if the devil can distract you, come on now, get your mind on something else. Attention deficit disorder. You can't pay attention. In other words, if you can focus and hear, faith cometh by hearing. When faith cometh, whoo, it's just like the thing you're believing for just came when the faith came. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. In other words, faith in God, faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in the name of Jesus, faith in the promises of God. The moment faith comes, the devil knows he's got trouble. You pay attention. Now, I read a story years ago in Reader's Digest. I love Reader's Digest. Don't you? Short stories don't take long. So, and it was about in the days of the Depression in America that people were lined up, one job, one opportunity, hundreds of people trying to get that one job. And for that one job, they needed someone who knew Morse code for this particular company, for that job too, knew Morse code. So people are lined up getting interviews, 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 and the line keeps going. Finally, the guy doing the interview figured out, well, there's no need of interviewing all these people if I need somebody that knows Morse code. Then he just began to tap out in his office, Morse code. If you can hear this, jump up now and run into my office and you got the job. So there's people in line and he taps it out. If you can hear this, jump up now and run into my office. You got the job. So people are all in line and somebody, you know, about 20 people back begins to break through the line. They're saying, hey, hey, it's not your turn. It breaks through the line, runs into the office and the boss comes out and tells everybody else, y'all can go home. This man got the job. They said, that's not fair. He broke in line. The boss said, well, let me explain. In this job, I needed someone who, knew, who knows Morse code. So I just tapped it out. If you can hear this and this guy knows Morse code, he gets the job. Everybody else dispersed. So I thought, isn't that amazing how God taps it out? If you can hear, if you can hear this, if you can hear this, if you can hear this, jump up, you got the blessing. Now, if you can hear this, if you can hear this, in other words, your hearing is going to change your behavior. If you can hear this immediately, when you hear that the promises of God belong to you, that Jesus died for you, his blood was shed for you, his blood washes away all your sin. The moment you hear that, you act upon that and things are given to you because faith cometh by hearing. And faith literally is the currency that God uses for everything you receive from him. So the devil's got to try to make you deaf and come on where you, you're not, you're not listening. You're not paying attention. But if you can hear this, y'all still hear me? I said, can you hear me? Come on. If you can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in this time of your life. In other words, there's critical times in your life that if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll miss out on God's best blessing. But if you can hear this, the Holy Spirit will warn you and get your attention and say, it's time for you to turn. It's time for you to change. If you'll set yourself to seek the Lord, if you can hear this, he has some opportunities. Ha, ha, ha. Faith cometh by hearing 
Can you hear this? Come on, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is Lord. His blood cleanses from all sin. Can you hear this? The moment you hear the word, something starts burning in your heart. You hear something. And he says, and if you can hear this, if you can pay attention to this, he said, more will be given to you. He said, but if you don't listen, you can lose what you got right now. But if you can hear this, he said, God's got more for you. I believe God's got some more for you. I believe God's got some more for you. Woo, if you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying, what the Word of God is saying, it literally will open up the supernatural. I believe and I speak. I can hear. Faith cometh. When faith cometh, woo. That's why you act different than everybody else in the line. I said, everybody else in your neighborhood, because you hear something they don't hear. Amen. That's where faith comes from. Now, jump over to Mark eleven twenty three because it's taking me a little bit longer because some of y'all listening slower, but jump over to Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I always say the Holy Spirit has a reputation for working with some real losers and making them champions. So don't look at anybody right now, but you might be included in that group. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. He just keeps working with us. Amen. When we have the same spirit of faith, God's dealt to you a measure. He's given you the means whereby you can get faith. Amen. Faith for healing, faith for salvation, faith for finances. Woo. All right, go to Mark eleven twenty three. We'll try to get to that in just a second. Mark eleven twenty three. Notice what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus said about the subject of faith. Verse twenty two. Have faith in God. Verse twenty three. Here's what Jesus said. Verily I say unto you that whosoever, 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 whosoever. Jesus said, anybody can do this. Come on, Ethiopian, Vietnamese, Nepal, come on, America, Africa, anybody can do this. Tall, short, cute, not so cute, educated, uneducated. He said, anybody can do this. Whosoever shall say, think about this, this is the authority that every believer has. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, the authority of the believer is not just available, it is absolutely necessary. Yeah. All right, let's try that one more time. <laughs> the authority of the believer is not just available. You're not saying, well, now that's an interesting, uh, very interesting concept. Oh, I'll think about that for 40 years. You may not have 40 <laughs> years to think about it. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, the authority of the believer is for every believer. Amen. And the Lord says to me this way, you need to hear your pastor's voice, but your mountain needs to hear your voice. Let's try that again. Come on, you need to hear your pastor's voice. You come and hear the word. But your mountain, the thing that looks impossible, the thing that's limiting your life, that must hear your voice. 
That means in your house, you're going to have to believe and speak and lift up your voice. There's authority in your voice. Matter of fact, if you study the setting of this, the most impressive thing about Jesus Christ was his words. The most impressive thing about Jesus Christ was his words. Nobody said in the four gospels, nobody said, you know, he had pretty teeth, we like his teeth. Uh, Nobody ever said, you know, he had a cute robe. Nobody ever said we like his donkey. Nobody ever said we like his hair, got such pretty hair. Nobody mentioned any of that. But when it came to his words, they said when he speaks, there's something about his words. When he speaks, then sickness leaves. When he speaks, demons have to leave. When he speaks, there's grace in his words. When he speaks, there's something about his words. No man ever spake like this man. So when he spoke to the fig tree, the disciples said, Master, that's pretty cool. That's a good trick. Look at that. You spoke to the fig tree and it just dried up. You didn't kick it, kick it or cut it. You didn't uh, step on it. You just talked to it. Then he walked off. Came back later. They said, look, look, pretty impressive. Now, I have an unusual imagination of the Holy Spirit tries to talk to me and get my attention. So I thought when he said that, Jesus could have said something like, I'm Jesus. You're not. <laughs> it's a deity trick I learned in heaven. <laughs> me and God, we do it. Don't any of you earthlings try it. If you get it wrong, it could blow the lips right off of your face. <laughs> Instead, after Jesus spoke to the fig tree, the disciples said, look, look what his words did again. I'm going to tell you something today that your words can do that nothing else in this world can affect your world like your words and your voice. If you'll dare to believe and if you'll dare to speak, if you'll lift your voice in your house, come on in your living room, if you'll refuse to be silent when the enemy attacks you, God has given you authority as a believer if you'll dare to lift up your voice. He said, mountains shall be removed. That means the scenery is going to change. Let's try that again. I said, the scenery is going to change. I said, the scenery is going to change. He said, this mountain shall be removed and cast into the sea. What does that mean, cast into the sea? Number one, that means it ain't coming back. So you ain't just moving it to your neighbor's yard. He said it's going into the sea and the sea has the capacity to receive it and dissolve it and there'll be no evidence it was ever there. Oh, you gotta hear what I'm telling you right now. There's some things you're facing right now that a year from now there'll be no evidence that situation was ever there because you dared to believe God. I said you dared to believe God. He said, a mountain shall be removed, cast into the sea. Woo! That means your words give you authority over devils and demons and evil spirits. You don't have to let the devil torment you, harass you, come on now, or shame you. When you have faith in God and faith in the blood of Jesus, I call it slinging blood everywhere. 
Come on, you get the blood. Come on, get the scripture out. Get the promises out about the blood and start applying that blood with your voice. Hallelujah. Go ahead and smile. Because your faith will literally take the victim out of your voice. The whine out of your voice. I don't know why, but it seems like some people kind of like that in their voice. If they can just sense a whine coming up. <laughs> Years ago, I went hunting out with a pastor friend of mine in Arizona. So I, uh, <laughs> I'd never been here. We were going coyote hunting. So I've been deer hunting, bear hunting, all the moose hunting. Well, he wanted to take me coyote hunting. Well, I've never been coyote hunting. So he's going to tell me how to hunt. So you got to get up real early in the morning. You put on your camo, you know, so we had a camo. Coyotes are smart, so you got to really do good camo. You know your whole body. You got a hat. You got a net. You get in, you go out in the, in the desert, and you get in a bush, and you put a net around the bush, and you're in there. Camo, gun, pistol, shotgun, everything. So I tried to talk to the Lord, and the Lord said, where are you? I said, I'm right here. So, <laughs> so we camoed. Now, I'm from Louisiana, so they say in Louisiana, if you wear camo when it's not hunting season, you might be a redneck. So, uh, camo, we're going out in the woods. <laughs> so, this guy's going to tell me how to hunt coyotes. So, this pastor, we get in the bush, and we're down there, sun's starting to come up. He said, you've got to be careful, the coyotes are slick, fast, smart, they'll be in the bush before you even know it. So I said, let me tell you something, Pastor. If a coyote comes in this bush, there will be some shooting. So I encourage you to get down. Because they will not find us dead and say they never got off a shot. Or there will be some shooting. So I said, get down. He said, oh, they're fast. So, boy, we're watching. Now, to get a coyote, here's what you got to do. You got to make a wounded rabbit sound. I didn't know that. Because I'm with a pastor, grown man, and he puts this thing in his mouth, and he had actually won contest making a wounded rabbit sound. I thought he had way too much time on his hands. A pastor <laughs> won a contest, coyote hunting, by making a wounded rabbit sound. So he put it in his mouth. Y'all want to know what a wounded rabbit sounds like? Now you Google it. It's on the Google. You can find it. So, you know what it sounds like? It's a squeal, a wounded rabbit, and it goes, Meow! And he put his hands around and he goes, so I'm starting to laugh while he's doing that. I'm like, this is so, this is so funny. So he went on and on. After he did that a while, then he had a, a little cassette recorder, and he played that sound on the cassette recorder. So he said, what happens is the coyotes hear the sound of a wounded rabbit, and they come in to eat the rabbit. Hmm. So we, this went on for hours, and I was like, Lord, have mercy. I never saw no coyote. I said, Lord, surely we wasted all this time. Could you just give me a lesson or something? And the Lord said this to me. He said, when you whine and complain and talk lack, the victim sound, it sends out a sound. And the devil and demons and evil spirits go, hmm, wounded rabbit. So it will not help your problems. It will actually complicate your problems. Oh, y'all still with me? 
So while you're whining and complaining, it will literally attract more trouble. He said, but there is another sound that if you'll lift up your voice through faith in God and faith in the Word of God and faith in the blood of Jesus, that if you'll lift up your voice in the middle of your trouble, in the middle of your adversity and say, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus and start thanking God that Jesus is Lord. You're washed in his blood. Come on now. My God supplies all of my need according to his riches. In he said, that sound will literally cause angels to be activated from heaven and they will go out and bring to pass those things you're saying. In other words, your words, let me try to finish this here. Your words, this is still the introduction. Your words. Your words. We have located the problem. It's under your nose. But we've located the answer. Same place. Woo! That Jesus said, whosoever, woo! Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Come on now. You don't have to have what they say, what the government says, what other people say. You have what you say. And when you lift your voice and say, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That spirit of faith. Woo! Mountains shall be removed. Whosoever shall have whatsoever. What you want? What you believing for? I said, what you believing for? What you want? I was 17 years old when I heard Dad Hagen teach this. And I went, really? Whosoever, well, I qualify for that. Whatsoever means health, your healing, your finances, every part of your life. Faith works the same in every area of your life. Faith for finances, come on. Instead of talking lack, start saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. I never lack for money. I said I just never lack for money. Woo, the money will come. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means, come on now, it don't belong to the devil. It belongs to you. You're a child of God. The money will come. Ha, ha, ha. I'm a tither. Come on, I'm a giver. Woo! Whosoever shall have whatsoever. Whosoever shall have whatsoever. So my daddy said, you can get anywhere in the world from that traffic light. If you can believe. We got any believers in here? We have the same. There's this guy come out of the country. You know, I was pre preaching in Louisiana. A redneck, he come out of the country. He heard me preach on faith. He said, uh, he said, you make me want to grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. <laughs> I said, what? He said, what I'm trying to tell you 
is you make me want to grab a corn stalk and swing out over hell and spit in the devil's eye. I said, I never thought of it like that. I said, but I kind of feel that way myself right now. Come on now, instead of being limited, come on, living in the past, come on, with a spirit of faith, you can grab a cornstalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. Woo! Everything the devil told you you can't do, when you have faith in God, you have faith in the blood of Jesus, you have faith in the name of Jesus, come on, if you can hear this, I said, if you can hear this, I said, if you can hear this, I said, if you can hear this, there's a giant and effectual door. There's a great opportunity that is opening for this generation, for this hour. Come on, brother. If you're a whosoever, if you'll dare to say something about it. Amen. Whosoever shall say. So valuable. When you get up in the morning, you ought to look in the mirror and say, I'm fixing to say a few things. I'm going to say a few things right now. Come on, look in the mirror and say, I'm going to say a few things right now. Then tell yourself, don't look down while I'm talking to you. In other words, you got the final say. I said, you got the final say. No matter what happens in your life, what takes you down, come on, it don't have to take you down. You're right back up. You have the spirit of faith, you have an attitude, you believe, and you speak. The initial conquering words of the believer that Jesus is Lord. Let's try that again. I said, Jesus is my Lord. That means whosoever shall have whatsoever wheresoever, anywhere, if you can believe God. Hallelujah. You say, well, it seemed like I hadn't been making much progress. Let me tell you this. God's got some uh, minerals he wants to give you for your faith. Uh, you quit eating your eggs. God supplies that to your faith. Confidence. Come on. Your voice. I said, your voice changes when you dare to believe God. Jesus is Lord. Woo! Did you hear anything today? Did you learn anything today? Hmm. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe and we speak. Ha, ha, ha. Anybody want to grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye? No matter how you've messed up, no matter what trouble you've gone through, in the middle of that adversity, Paul said, here's what we have. We maintain it because of faith in the blood of Jesus, because of faith in God's Word. We just keep believing, and we keep speaking. Hmm. Now listen, if you're not careful, the sound of your voice, come on can attract stuff you don't want. So instead of talking, whining, whipped, you ought to lift up your voice and say, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. 
Jesus is my Lord. Hmm. Then the Lord will say, say that again. Say that again. Then he'll say, here's a corn stalk. Go spit in the devil's eye. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. Everybody say, we have. I have. We got it. We're not trying to get it. We maintain it. And it's getting stronger. We have. I have. You have. The same identical spirit of faith. We believe and we speak. Mountain shall be removed. Now go ahead and laugh about it. Say ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.